Hello and welcome to our third segment of week four of our series on spiritual warfare. This week we have been looking at the spiritual warfare against the flesh. We examined what we mean by flesh, our nature, our heart, and how that nature is corrupted from birth that we've inherited, a nature that is inclined toward sinning, and that we should then be working to put sin to death in our lives. I'm A.T. Stoddard, one of the members here at Jordan Valley Church, and happy to be presenting the segments this week. In this third segment, we're going to look at disciplines of grace. Much of the, the material that I'm using for this segment comes from a book by Jerry Bridges, uh, the same title, Disciplines of Grace. Jerry Bridges was with the Navigators for many years and wrote a number of books, some of which you may uh, know, uh, Pursuit of Holiness, Practice of Godliness, Transforming Grace, and, uh, and then th this book that I'm referring to here, Disciplines of Grace. And so the question is, as we left in our last segment, we need to rely on the sufficiency of Christ and be dependent on the Holy Spirit. And how do we do that? What does that look like in our lives? Well, first, I think we need to remember that what we are warring against is within us, the flesh, but Satan deceives the world and the world around us has then an influence on our flesh. And the battle we talk about right here is waging war against that flesh or our hearts within us. Jerry Bridges said what we need to have is a balance of discipline and dependence. Our discipline and dependence on the Holy Spirit. Paul really addresses this in Philippians. In chapter 1, Paul says uh, in verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And then in chapter 2 of Philippians, verses 12 and 13, Paul says, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And so we see there that, that balance. Paul says that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. And then in chapter 2, he said, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act. And so we see that part of our role and God's role. God is working within us, but we also have responsibilities. And so we need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit in order to put sin to death in our lives and, and win those battles against the flesh within our hearts. So it's only the Holy Spirit that can put sin to death within us. If we strive on our own, we are guaranteed to fail. I wanted to just refer to a 
larger catechisms, Westminster Larger Catechism, question number 75, which asks, what is sanctification? I'm not going to read the entire thing, but just highlight some parts from this. And it says sanctification, sanctification being our growth in righteousness, growing in faith to become more like Christ in our own lives. He says sanctification is a work of God's grace whereby they whom God before the foundation of the world has chosen, applying the death and resurrection of Christ unto them. But I think a key thing is it says that these saving graces are put into their hearts and those graces so stirred up, increased and strengthened as they more and more die unto sin and rise unto newness of life. There we see again, that it is the work of the Holy Spirit, it is the work of God's grace, and it is those saving graces in our hearts being stirred up so that they are increased and strengthened and cause us to grow. So we see that dependence on the Holy Spirit, absolutely critical. But then we look at discipline as well. And the first thing is to recognize that discipline does not earn us any favor with God. It is actually the Holy Spirit that enables us to be disciplined in any of this aspect of spiritual warfare. In Romans 12, uh, verse uh, 2, Paul says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Earlier segment, we looked at Romans 8.13, which talked about live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if you live according to the Spirit, you'll put to death the misdeeds of the body and you will live. And so we're going to just look at what are some of these disciplines of grace. Again, knowing they do not gain us anything in terms of how God looks upon us or any favor. We don't get any merit from these things. But yet... These are the things that help us wage that battle against the flesh. So the first one is just very simply reading and knowing God's Word. The more we are in God's Word and study it and know it, the more we have to use in that battle against the flesh. But I think a key one, building on that, is memorizing God's Word. In Psalm 119, verse 11, says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That scripture memory embeds that word of scripture within us. It's in our mind and it's in our heart. The result being that we have weapons to fight that battle. And if those things come to mind, when we face those influencing temptations from the world around us, we are a step ahead in fighting that battle against the flesh. Uh, Memories also promotes meditation. As we fill our minds with Scripture, we have more to meditate on. In Philippians 4, 8, and 9, Paul writes, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul is telling us to meditate 
And one of the best things that we can do for building our meditation is to have scripture memorized. Another is in the area of mutual support, spiritual support from other people. We are all fighting battles. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it talks about two being stronger than one. If one falls down, the other can help them up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Again, having others to support you is key. We all struggle. We all face similar temptations. They may be specific to you and not to someone else, but to other people are facing temptations as well. And if we can walk together and support one another, that is a means of fighting this spiritual battle and putting sin to death in our lives. Another one is keeping watch. We've talked about how enemies have set booby traps. And one of the things that has been done to fight against that is to keep watch, to observe the areas that we're most likely to have someone setting a trap, to look for the signs, those telltale signs that might indicate something was there. We need to do that spiritually in our lives. What are the things that you need to be alert for, to be watching for and praying about so that you can see that evidence well in advance of that temptation coming and and really putting you under attack. You can avoid that attack if possible. And being alert for specifically respectable sins. I mentioned this in an earlier segment in the book, uh, again, by Jerry Bridges. And just some of the things that somehow we start to think aren't all that bad, and he listed a number of them. I just want to point out a couple. Anxiety, not trusting God. Frustration, again, not trusting God in our lives. That works against us in this spiritual battle. Discontentment, envy, jealousy. And so we need to be alert for those kinds of things around us and and in our personal lives. And when they start to come in, We need to, again, focus on relying on the Holy Spirit. So there's that aspect of our discipline, being alert, and relying on the Holy Spirit, the idea of dependence. Then we get to confession and repentance. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so we confess our sins. We repent. We know that in this battle, we will never eliminate sin from our lives. We heard that from John Owen. We saw that from Paul as he's fighting the battle in Romans chapter 7. And that's going to be the same for us. We will never eliminate sin. And so when we do fall, we do stumble, we confess, we repent, And then we turn again in faith, knowing that we are forgiven, that our failure at that moment has not separated us from Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. We are new creatures in Christ. We have been forgiven, and we are now in this lifelong battle that we are working to put that sin to death. But we still are united with Christ and we are forgiven for our sins that we commit. 
So to wrap up in, in summary, we wage war against our own sinful nature that remains in us. Our sinful nature continues, have our desires warped by the deceptive lies of the devil and influenced daily by the world around us. We must be dependent on the Holy Spirit to put sins to death. That is mortification. But we also must recognize our responsibility to be faithful in what the Holy Spirit enables us to do. So we faithfully should practice spiritual disciplines. We then confess our failure, exercise that faith that we are forgiven, and that the Holy Spirit enables us to continue the fight. We get strengthened as we go. And it, it reminds me of um, hearing that towards the end of World War II from veterans that the, the war really had been won. And in northern Italy, they were pursuing German forces up in toward the Alps. And they were battling, and it was a, a battle being fought. But the German armies were really fleeing. The war, for all intents and purposes, was over. It had been won but the battles raged on. And we're in that relationship with Christ where he has won the war and we continue in battles that rage and, and we are fighting that spiritual warfare within our flesh. And so we can say with Paul, as he did in Romans seven twenty five, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin, and in Romans 8, 1, continuing, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus.